Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Abel. And welcome to Grounded Sounds. Welcome to Grounded Sounds. <laughs> What's new, Jen? Oh, man. You know, I just got back from Americana Fest. How did it go? It was awesome. I uh, am still on Americana Fest cloud right now. and Would um, you say that you're on a high? I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very appropriate for Americana uh, Fest. Huh? Uh, you know, you know, um, it was in Nashville, and I lived in Nashville 12 years ago. And mm. when I lived there, it felt like, you know, you had to kind of be in radio country to exist, um, which wasn't true. But that's, you know, when you first move there, that's kind of how you feel. Or I did, at least. And to go back to Americana Fest like 12 years later and just experience Nashville in a whole new way was really, really fulfilling and it kind of brought Nashville full circle for cool. me. Cool. So was this a festival that you had gone to when you lived there as well? No, it's actually, it's it's fairly new. I would say within the last few years, um, Americana Fest has come up. Um, That's awesome. But you know, something we did, so my sister and I went, she did photos and I did audio interviews and, and blog. Um, we're, I'm getting ready to release a blog post about it. And so it should be out by the time that cool. this airs. Uh, and so we stayed in East Nashville at an Airbnb. I and we love stayed. Airbnb. Oh, I do too. And uh, it was we stayed with a couple. Uh, she was from Poland. He was from Australia. And then there was also another Australian artist who stayed there as well. And so um, we just, you know, there was actually a big Australian songwriter community that was at Americana Fest. And my sister and I ended up going to the Australian barbecue, and it just was really cool. There was a, some amazing songwriters. So we experienced a lot of East Nashville while we were there. Cool. And so what's in East Nashville? I've I've spent a decent amount of time in Nashville. But like, what is, like, where is that in relation to say Music Row? Like, which? East. East. <laughs> where is it You know, from? <laughs> I mean, like I lived there and I what still about, was lost the whole time. Like I have what no. What about like from Opryland? Is it out that way? Opryland Hotel and all that? Well, Abel, I think I would have to look at a map because okay. I really don't know. Never but mind. I will tell you about <laughs> East Nashville, about the okay. feel and the vibe of it. I don't know where awesome. I was. Um, our, yeah, our guest, Jared's over here raising his hand. He knows Jared, where East Nashville where, is. What is in East, East Nashville? East Nashville is where the people live. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was not helpful That's at where all. where the people are. <laughs> where yeah. all the people are. I love it. It's not as far as the Opryland. The okay. Opryland is yeah. way beyond East. Is it over by Hendersonville? No. Okay. No, East. So the, you know where the Titan Stadium is? Yep. Basically everything east of that is considered East Nashville. Okay. And uh, and, and honestly, I mean, as, as ridiculous as my comment may sound. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that is, that is kind of where your day-to-day, Okay. that's where people actually live. Cool. Whereas, you know, Music Row is more in the downtown around yeah. Vanderbilt and Belmont. And there's a lot of college students and a whole lot of professionals, but it's mostly business area. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and, like the village. Yeah. And I lived over by <laughs> Vanderbilt when I lived there, you know, which was really cool because I was just out of college. So it was yeah. cool to live by a college, but East Nashville, you know, the, it reminded me a lot of like our Plaza district, sure. a lot of um, murals on the side of buildings, a lot of really organic grassroots music happening, uh, local small business. We were driving through a lot of different neighborhoods and there would be, you know, kind of a strip of local businesses that felt really cozy, small town, you know, small cool. business. And we went to, I will give a little shout out. Uh, of course, I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, uh, but those of you who are place listening. called Mad Donna's? No, no, it wasn't Mad Donna's. Um, I'll probably think of it halfway through the podcast, but it was a record store slash mm. pet and there's a petting zoo. 
<laughs> and my That's sister awesome. was looking online and she goes, we have to go to this, yeah. you know? So we go over there and you walk in, there's a record store. And then kind of to the left, there's like a, you know, um, it's almost like bad grannies in the okay. Plaza district. And it's like this uh, consignment, you know, little vintage store. And both of these, you know, it's small, intimate. And then you go out back and then there's even more. They had vendors set up with tents. They had a, like a trailer with a band set up in front of like it. Gypsy like, style. Gypsy style. Nice. Hardcore. There was a guy in a pickup truck that had a sewing machine and he was, you know, getting his sewing machine That's on. So cool. It was just. Was it, Gogo Bordello playing back there? No, they weren't. They cooler if they were. I know. Um, there was. And then, of course, uh, they were like doing beer donations, you know, okay. cause you can't technically sell beer, but you know, it was like, you could get a beer for like, a, you know, for a song. Yeah. Or okay. a donation, yes. $3 suggested, but mm. it just, it was so great. Sounds it really awesome. was. So yeah, we were impressed with East Nashville for sure. Very cool. I think um, Oklahoma city has pockets of that vibe. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know if we have any gypsy campouts, but maybe we should get one. I know. I know. I'm thinking, you know, even when, uh, so Jared Beck, who we've had on here, um, and he does. That's not me. No, it's not. I know we have Jared Deck today spelled it differently. Jared. Close. I know. And I've worked, I work with both of you guys on different things and I always get the spelling and the last name confused. Like I, it's like, I know you guys well enough now to know who you, it's, it's like, I know who you are, but it's like Jared Beck and Jared Deck. And so Jared Beck does a powerhouse flea. Um, he was on here with the yes. powerhouse. And so it kind of felt, I mean, his, his stuff is very well executed and mm -hmm. I loved it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of that organic feel with the vendors Sweet. and stuff like that. So very, very, very cool. So, um, I've spent a decent amount of time in Nashville here and there. Uh, do we have time on this podcast for me to tell my Johnny Cash story or does that need to be? I think it's a very appropriate story apropos? to tell. Yes. So Cause <clears throat> I think every, I think our guests will love to hear this actually. Well, I'll, I'll do the shortened version because we have an hour long podcast, but <laughs> uh, the first two times I went to Nashville were to visit Johnny Cash. Um, the first time, Back up a little bit. My college roommate's um, grandmother was John Carter Cash's nanny. So when Johnny and June, John Carter's the only child of John and June Cash. So his grandmother was John Carter's nanny growing up. So when Johnny and June would go on tour, that she would just take care of John Carter. Mm -hmm. So I found this out about my roommate, you know, a year or two after I moved in with him. <laughs> and... You know, it's cool one of those things like, that. what? Yes. You, you do what, huh? And he, he would refer to him as like John. Oh, uh, you know? yeah. First name and, basis. And, and June was just like his grandma and all this. So <sighs> the first time we went out there, I was like, I will do literally anything. Like, you name it to meet Johnny Cash. Or just drive by his house. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and uh, so we wrote him letters. I remember his, uh, my roommate's name is Brian Brooks, uh, told us we should write him letters. So we wrote him letters. And his mom delivered him. Mm -hmm. Martha is her mm -hmm. name. She's lovely. Mm -hmm. And so we were going to go out there and meet him. So we drive out from OU. I was at OU at the time. And we uh, are going out to the house. And John is in the hospital with pneumonia, I believe. And June had just got back from... Um, like going shopping or something. And they were, you know, old people. Mm -hmm. And so she was asleep. So the first time we went out, we just kind of got to wander around the grounds <laughs> at the house. And, you know, you, you can't just wake up an old person when like they're, they're taking napping. a nap. Right. <laughs> and Johnny was in the hospital. So uh, the next year, I think it was, June passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we were us still at OU, and I remember it was uh, finals week. We got the phone call in the middle of the night that um, Johnny Cash had died, and so I told my and we went to Waffle House because that's what you do mm-hmm. right. when tragedy strikes <laughs> at 3 a.m. and get a call from Nashville. Uh, <clears throat> so we went to Waffle House. And I'm sitting there hunched over the Waffle House bar, and I told my roommate, I was like, "Hey, you know, if there's anything we I can do for the Cash family, if there's any way I can help, like his music's been such inspiration to me, and this and that." And he's like, well, you know, I'll call mom. She's His mother did all the flowers for their family, and uh, she was going to do the funeral, Paul. And I said, well, just tell her, like, if there's anything I can do. So normally when people say that around a funeral, especially around a famous person funeral, mm-hmm. this is, you never know. Right. Well, Martha is not that type of person. She's like, you know, the family really needs somebody to come out and mow the grass and, like, take care of the lawn and pull weeds and make the house look nice because there's going to be all this family coming into town. So I was like, fine, I'll yeah. be there in the morning. There and there. So I had a final, I want to say that morning that I took, and we got in the truck and drove to um, Nashville. And the next, the day after he died, I was in his backyard doing yard work. Like I was running, I was like calling my friends, like, oh, I'm using Johnny Cash's weed eater, you know, oh. that type of stuff. And we're driving around. We're, you know, I'm, he lived on uh, in, uh, the lake, um, Old Hickory Lake, I believe it's in Hendersonville. And so there's people in their yachts, like, driving up past the house, like, yelling. And I'm, like, the guy in the backyard, like, running the weed eater. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, yelling it because they think I know somebody. Which right. I guess I kind of did. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, and <laughs> I remember it's just crazy because the next day um, I did all the yard work and got the yard looking really nice. They gave me a flag um, that was flying on the property. Uh, there's the rest of the story on that, but I don't have it anymore. Um, I got to, like, sit in Johnny Cash's Rolls Royce. The next day, I was at his family and friends' private visitation at the funeral home. And the coolest couple of cool things about that, I pulled up, get out of the car, a purple Toyota Sienna minivan pulls up next to me. And I'm like, uh, you know, because it was kind of pulled up close. I get out of the car, and I just kind of go walking in. It was Chris Christopherson. Oh, <laughs> he gets out, yes. and I'm like, <laughs> so I said hey said hey and shook his hand and uh, I go inside and and it's the open caskets there and everybody's kind of filing through and and there's all these people there that had you could tell they were musicians because they had musician hair like it was like Marty Stewart you know <laughs> and so I didn't really realize I didn't recognize who a lot of them were but um a lot of musician hair wandering around the room uh-huh. and Chris Christopherson who you know just looks like Whistler, right. you know, and and uh, Al Gore was there, was wow. there wandering around, glad handing people randomly, and um, uh, John Carter came up to me and uh, Martha told him who I was and what I'd been doing, and he was very grateful. And Roseanne Cash came by and he was like, "Yeah, this is Abel. He's the one that you know took care of the yard and everything." And she's like, "Oh my God, let me pay you something." I was like, "No, not <laughs> no. This is <laughs> like I have, I'm here. Like no." way at all mm-hmm. so um yeah i was i tell people uh if i ever become a country singer i'm gonna write a song called i met johnny cash at his funeral so that might be jared's jared could probably <laughs> jared can you write that title. for yeah can you write it's, that for abel <laughs> it was just so surreal because you know you walk in and he's laying there you've all everybody's been to an open casket wedding he's yeah. got this huge a funeral black empire kind of the collar same as weddings Oh yeah, no, Freud. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> Freud was right, but uh, 
No, it, it's so surreal because, you know, I had never met him. You know, we I had been out there once before to meet him. And I remember when we didn't get to meet him, we were like, well, what else do you do when you're in this part of the country and you don't get to meet Johnny Cash? You go to the Jack Daniels distillery. <laughs> the next logical step. Right. But um, so, yeah, it was uh, really, really cool. And I have since been back a number of times and I have been back to the uh, to his grave, which is in the, the Hendersonville cemetery right there i've too, been to so. this grave too yeah. i have a mark cash story but i'm gonna save that for another okay. podcast well that was too to be no anyway. i mean we'll just leave people hanging we have There's, a lot of great cash stories well that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well let's welcome our guests <laughs> we have Lindsay flowers here from the oklahoma film and music office hey. welcome Lindsay. thank you we're glad to have you thanks yeah I'm good to meet you Lindsay. good to meet you too thanks for stopping by you brought notes I did. <laughs> There's well, you, not a test. You outed me. Lindsay's very organized. <laughs> have you, have you, you been hitting the podcast circuit pretty hard then? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Making the rounds at Mostly Harmless Media. Those yeah. wafty guys put you through the ringer. <laughs> no, I will just lose my place and my thoughts. I don't, have no well, <laughs> I don't have a place, so it's, it's good to have you here with your notes. Thank you. <laughs> So tell us a little bit, the Oklahoma Film and Music Office, man, you guys do a ton for film and music. I mean, it's, right. you know, but tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Okay. Um, about the well, my, I'm the Deputy Director of Music at the Oklahoma Film and Music Office. We are a state agency under the Department of Tourism, and our, really, our whole goal is just to support um, the film and music industries and ultimately try and grow them and... Um, you know, just create an environment where people can create in Oklahoma. So we do our very best you guys, to do that. You guys do a great job. And it's been, you know, it's been a pleasure working with you guys on different things, but um, especially over the weekend at Americana Fest. And, right. you know, you guys, yeah, you, you're hands on, uh, you know, I mean, setting up your booth and setting, I mean, you really, you guys yeah. are very active around the state and, out of state. I mean, you go to different, okay. you know. Well, we, we tried to be. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we do several, we support several events and festivals throughout the year. And we have um, a networking and mentoring series um, that we try and bring in sort of industry leaders and have conversations and give um, aspiring filmmakers and musicians uh, the opportunity to learn and grow. So mm -hmm. that was, um, you know, one of our goals at Americana as well, just to kind of um, provide a platform for Oklahoma um, <coughs> to have the spotlight. So yeah. we, feel, we feel great about it. It was a great weekend uh, week, really. And uh, yeah, we're... We're so excited. how was Oklahoma received, would you say, out there? I feel like we were very well received. Um, we spearheaded a 
new brand basically called Studio Oklahoma, where we brought on several community partners from across the state and um, just had sort of a united front um, in Nashville for this conference. And we did a panel, we had a panel discussion on Oklahoma music. There was an official showcase and then we had a booth and then we had a private event as well. And so um, several several times throughout the, throughout the week, people um, approached me and just kind of said, you know, wow, Oklahoma is really doing some amazing things. And, I feel like what I came back with is that, um, you know, for a long time, people in Nashville have always known that we have something really special going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes back to kind of, you know, the big names sure. um, of people who are from here that are maybe living there, but everybody knows that their roots are here and um, kind of, you know, there must be something in the water mm-hmm. is kind of basically what. I heard a few times, so it was it was great. Yeah, and it was, I mean, that's something I took away was, or something I took away was really feeling uh, the mark of Oklahoma music on other states and even other countries, you know, and just seeing that people really recognized music artists from Oklahoma and songwriters from Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, and, and there I had an interview with Levi Parham that, um, and by the way, everybody can check out the Cellar Door Music Group blog to kind of get a review of everything that you guys did. So um, that will be up by the time this airs. Um, and then we'll be doing some bonus footage of our interviews as well on Grounded Sounds. But um, Levi said something that was really um, inspiring to me. He said he's been touring the last year and he said he's gone out and visited with people. And he said uh, when he tells people he's an Oklahoma songwriter, he feels like it really holds merit and weight with people. They, you know, have a really they're really receptive and they uh uh, are, you know, it's, it's, it's something that he, he really got great response from. And so, uh, to me, I, you know, that was really refreshing to hear because I think that's one of our biggest challenges here is, as getting kind of the general population to really support and rally around our original songwriters. You right. know? So, um, and that was a big part of our panel discussion. I mean, right. and Jared was on the panel and, you know, Greg Johnson mm-hmm. and, um, Hugh Foley and you know we had uh, uh, you guys curated a wonderful panel right. but that was part of the challenges of mm-hmm. you know some we're getting recognized for a lot of things mm-hmm. as far as music goes but it's kind of uh, you know convincing our own people right. <laughs> that, and uh, you know talking to a lot of Oklahoma artists who are you know actively gigging and trying to um you know, nobody choose nobody chooses to be a songwriter and be an artist. That's just they are mm-hmm. that, and so they have to find ways to make it work. And you know, really, you know, it's just it's a struggle, I think. But you can do it here, and I think that's um, you can do it here, and you can live here, and you can tour elsewhere, mm-hmm. and um, you know it it. It's been done and and people are doing a great job at it still. So yeah, absolutely. And the cost of living here is wonderful, right. you know. So it is really feasible for artists to live here. We're in the middle of the United States and you know, kind of stretch outwards on tours. And um, so yeah, I think it, it's it's really feasible. I think it's just um, and I think Jared said it really well on the panel. Um, is you know sometimes people don't want to hear their own story, you know, and 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 so and I think. Um, who was it? One of the other panelists echoed him on that or vice versa, but it's, you know, really getting 
our native Oklahomans to kind of hear these songwriters and hear their stories and recognizing yeah. that these are, this is us, this right. is, you know. And I think at the end of the day, if you love music and you love um, Oklahoma music specifically, um, and you want to cultivate a creative environment in Oklahoma, you have to go to the show and pay the cover charge and buy the album mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to mm-hmm. um, in a lot of the conversations that I've had is, you know, the 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 fans have to be there, too. The artists are out there doing everything that they can. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's, there's yeah. that piece of it, too. So I think it's, you know, good to, you know, always get out and do what you can to support. Yeah. And it's I sure. mean, it is that simple. That's actually how I kind of wrapped up my blog post is like just go buy some merchandise and yeah. show up at some shows and go to the museums. And that's, it's really easy, as easy as that. Like just right. get involved, you know, like support these venues, support these artists. Like it's, it's, it's not like rocket science, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, man, that's kind of the whole, you know, the kind of the whole impetus behind what we started doing the podcast for was, you know, you and I would sit around and talk to each other in the shop about <laughs> musicians and what's going on in the music industry. And we're like, how can we support these people and help spread the word? And, you know, that's that's the cool thing about podcasting in general, mm-hmm. and uh, especially here in Oklahoma City, because you can just bring people in mm-hmm. and have them play, and and uh, to, you know, a little bit of doing our part. But Lindsay, from what like from your office standpoint, what could like other than just going to shows? Is there anything else that we could do, like from the general public, to do to help you out with what you do? You know, I know that we spend a lot of time and um, effort trying to just raise awareness about events that are going on and things like that. And so, um, I mean, I guess, you know, to plug, not to plug too much, but, you know, go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. And that's a really great way to just find out what's going on because, you know, there might be some really... Is there Great a list of event events? Festival. Is there a good list of events on we your website? We do have a good list of events. We're about to launch a new website okay. that's going to be, um, you know, a lot more involved. Um, and so we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we do do an events calendar. We do. Um, How extensive is it? Like what all, do, are there certain venues or what all do you guys cover um, on your events? We try and cover as much as possible. Um, it's hard to keep up with everything because there are so many and mm-hmm. it's amazing. And we we add as, as many as we can. But um, on our new website, we're hoping to really ramp that up. Um, and that was one challenge that we just kind of have run into as an office. You know, where do people truly go mm-hmm. to find out what's going on? Yeah. You know, there's local media outlets. There's other websites. Um, and a lot of it is really social media. And yeah. so we almost feel like you know following people on social media and following us of course and um, yeah that's a great way to find out what's going on Um, i always find i go to two or three different websites to try to find shows i'll go to jam (laughs) base after i've been to cellar door right right i'll go to jam base or polestar Uh or you know the gazette um Mm -hmm. a couple other national ones you know, Polestar? Yeah. I've been going to Polestar for a long time. You, 
and jam base. Yeah, you know. But still, they don't cover the smaller, like, you don't see the like, boudoir on it. little family. Yeah. Well, menus. here's yeah. the challenge. This has been the challenge for us. It doesn't mean it's been the challenge for everybody, but um, is getting artists, and, and I feel like we have a really great relationship with a lot of artists around Oklahoma now, but getting them to send us their stuff. You know, that Check is the biggest challenge. That's the biggest, that's the biggest <laughs> challenge. I mean, and we, you know, we're, we, for, you know, two years we've had our blog, and that was kind of what we wanted to originally start off with. It's like, we're this music hub that you can go, and you can find everything that's going on. And so we kept reminding people of like, well, send us your events, send us your events. And like, nobody sends us it's their events. <laughs> so our editor, uh, Evan Jarvik, who I probably mentioned once a podcast, but At he, least, yeah. yeah, he does this, he, <laughs> cause he's wonderful. He does this labor of love where he literally like go, I mean, he gets on, you know, the Facebook events and he, he hunts down different shows and he puts them on our, our site. And he just does that because he's so awesome and supportive, but it is hard. I mean, it's hard to kind of round every up and say send us your stuff it is we have actually a cheat sheet where mm -hmm. we just i mean you have to come through every venue mm -hmm. and it's very daunting yeah <laughs> honestly but be, but that's great because that means there's music there's a lot happening going on all yeah. the time yep every night of the week i remember when i first moved back from denver i moved over to 43rd and classen and didn't really know quite how to get information about who's playing where found out the next day i went over to vzds found out the next day that leon russell had played there the night before and oh. i was like how how do you not I mean, how, did, how is this how not did you, how did i not walk over to vzds yesterday you know so and you know there's a lot of times whenever you're just on a thursday or something and i'll be like what are we gonna do this weekend carrie let's see if there's we can go see some music and so you'll look up and you know, like the basement. Mm -hmm. yeah. You guys have the basement on your thing because, like, I didn't know about the basement until we had him on a couple weeks ago. So, mm -hmm. all these little places that you can find cool stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and once you you guys do, you have some great services for artists, and especially since you are the you know your focus is music at Oklahoma mm -hmm. Film and Music Office. But tell us a little bit about some of the services you offer artists because I think you guys, are, you're a gem. I mean, you guys, you're a gem, of course, I think you personally. But really, the Oklahoma Film and Music Office is pretty cool in what you offer. Yeah, um, we, I mean, we have a totally free um, music directory mm -hmm. that we host. Uh, we have a production guide for film and we have a music guide for for music talent and music business. And so, um, you know, it's just a place where artists can register for free. Um, and one of the biggest benefits is that by registering, uh, we frequently send out emails if there's any open call opportunities or a festivals are looking for people to play. We send those directly to, to that um, group of people. And so that's, you know, one thing. And we also have several events throughout the year um, for networking, and we try and um, do a lot in that regard as well. We're, uh, we, you know, support a lot of our local festivals. We're really moving in the direction of supporting more educational opportunities, panel discussions, that type of thing. Um, we're sponsoring the upcoming Oklahoma Hip Hop Festival. Yeah. Um, there's a panel session there that we're going to be sponsoring. And we've been doing that kind of more things along those lines lately. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of one of the big things that I wanted, um, I was excited to talk about is that next month on October 26th um, at the 21C Hotel, we are hosting our 
the second event in our networking and mentoring series. So we had a film-focused event um, in the spring, and we brought in Christopher McNeely from Mar Vista and Entertainment, and um, just had a great discussion. And we had just a ton of local film crew and um, you know community show up, uh, and everyone. Um, you know, really just thought it was great. And so we have been developing our next event, which is on the 26th, and it's going to be focused on music. And we're bringing in um, David Macias from 30 Tigers, mm -hmm, uh, sure. which is a independent label in Nashville. And he'll be speaking with Samantha Crane. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be a pretty organic discussion, but really just focused on promoting yourself as an artist and kind of getting both the industry that you know the label and then the artist perspective as well so we're really really excited um we think those are just two really great people mm -hmm. um to offer you know really good insight so so is it open excited. to the public it or is can people get open tickets to or the what? public mm -hmm. it's free oh wow um kaylin fay will oh, be performing during so the first great. hour she's a tulsa-based singer-songwriter um She'll perform during the first hour, which is sort of the networking portion, and then uh, we'll, you know, be seated and have a little um, guided conversation. And then there will be time for Q&A, and we're working on some other sort of possible opportunities, you know, for some more one-on-one -on -one time uh, with with our guests. So what, so what does he, I'm sorry, what does he do with 30 Tiger? He is the, he's a Grammy winning producer and okay. he's the found one of the founders. Okay. Um, and they are a special label. In Jason that, Isbell's on 30 Tiger. Yes. And yes. I mean, they're, rep they Parker represent like, a, they do represent, they, they represent people and then they do um, marketing and distribution as well. And they have totally challenged the whole concept of um, marketing and distribution in cool. Nashville in that artists get to keep uh, the rights, the ownership of their mm. recordings. And so their whole compensation model is completely different uh, from other, uh, I think, big labels. And I think it's... Um, they're just, I think people would recognize them as being really yeah, the special. The name kind of rang they, a bell because I emailed yeah. somebody from them to try to get Jason Isbell on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, when he was in town I mean, they, and they, um, and they <laughs> do same? Is that the same place? Uh -huh. Yeah, same, same great. Yeah, and they do their, they, they do a lot of Americana type artists, but they represent, I mean, they have all genres yeah. represented. Um, and they do marketing and distribution for several Okies, which is awesome. They have Parker, Millsap, John, John Moreland, Moreland, Turnpike Troubadours, Hardworking Americans, Jason Boland, John Fulbright, Wanda Jackson, and Samantha Crane, which yeah. is why uh, we are going to bring her in. So I think it'll be a really good conversation. 30 Tigers is very supportive of Oklahoma music. And so... And it's um, the 21C, which is yeah, the coolest amazing. place in town. Yes. I actually have not been. It's, I'm oh meeting there tomorrow, so I'm really excited. Carrie and I, we got Gorgeous. a deal on a, a room one night, so we had a little staycation. Uh-huh. Quick mm -hmm. plug for 21C. <laughs> I am not a hotel guy. Like, I could stay at the Motel 6, but I would seriously travel to another city to stay at a 21C. Like... It is so well done. It's a 24-hour museum, um, 21st century art gallery, mm. slash 
amazing hotel and Marietti's, the restaurant down there, does fantastic food. Mm-hmm. And all of the staff is wonderful. I'm sure you're working with Allie to mm-hmm. set up the event. Um, I think we're working with Melanie. Okay. Yeah. One of them, Allie Flyfresher <laughs> did events across the street we get forever. To meet her, yeah. And so she's over there doing events. And um, a friend of mine used to work at Olive and Company's over there. Mm-hmm. And everything they do has paid so much attention to detail it's in awesome. every aspect of yeah. the entire building. They've been working on the design on that for like the last 10 years. It used well, to be an old Ford Model T plant. Mm-hmm. And they've maintained that well, integrity. And I love their whole concept is that they go into these communi- parts of mm-hmm. communities that are still developing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the hope that it'll spur you know, further development. And it already has. There's yeah. the Jones Assembly. Yep. Um, Main Street Arcade it's just is right up there. just going to connect all of those, mm-hmm. that space, you mm-hmm. know, in the film row kind of area. So it's oh, pretty awesome. Um, amazing, beautiful. We went in there the other day because they have these chairs in the little in the little theater room the that look like tops. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the guy at Marietti's when I was eating there the other day, he was like, "Have you been in, sat in the twirly chairs?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I didn't really get it." And he's like, "You have to trust the chair." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> he's like, "You sit in there and you lean all the way back, and it'll rotate all the way around, and you won't fall over." He's like, "You think you're gonna fall on your head, but you have to trust the chair, and it will like." I never let it go all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the other. Such a metaphor for life, right? Yeah, trust the chair until you throw your weight around and your chair falls over, which I did also. This is another metaphor. Don't try try to throw your weight around. Just trust the chair. But the the penguin installation. The purple penguins are so great. Not the purple penguin. Oh, the one with the Xbox controller. That they follow you around if you move. There's an Xbox controller in the middle and they respond to your shadow. And it's the whole flock uh-huh. of penguins, and they all rotate at the That's same time. That's my favorite. Oh, it's great. The first time we went, yeah. they had it unplugged <laughs> because somebody, like, walked into it, I guess. <laughs> and the girl that was working there, Katie, uh, was so cool because we were kind of bummed. I was like, what are all these penguins doing? And they're like, well, we've got an Xbox controller, and they all move. And I was like, I really want to see the penguins move. <laughs> and so <laughs> later on, she plugged it in for us, but it's very, very cool. Well, I'm glad we mentioned them because for any out-of-state listeners – um, come stay at 21C. Come stay at 21C. Yeah, that's it's where you need to stay. Completely. I mean, I would stay there again, and I live, you know, 10 minutes away. Like, it's, <laughs> it's done so well. Even you go up to the corridors yeah. for the hotel rooms. Have you been upstairs? Yeah, I've seen the, the some of the arrows rooms. coming out of the yes. floor and stuff. And all the rooms have original artwork mm-hmm. in them. It's just, yeah. Is the artwork from local artists, or is it from the, I've heard that oh. somebody told me it was the founder. That has done a lot of world travels, and then somebody told me that there was some Oklahoma artwork in there too. You know, we'll have to ask them. I will ask them tomorrow at my meeting. Do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> meeting with Our V three team, okay. of course, They're wonderful. Cool. We we work a lot on film rows. So Matt going to be perfect. there. Matt, your your bromance man is going to be there. Sweet. <laughs> I will give him a big hug for you. I totally won't be there. <laughs> Abel's going to be in the corner, like kind of spying. I'll just be sitting in the rolly chairs. <laughs> Um, so October 26th, that's when yes. the event is. Okay, what time? Yes, um, it starts at 5.30. Okay. Um, doors open at 5, okay. and we'll do about an hour of uh, mingling um, and light snacks and beverages. And light then snacks. we will... Do you know what part um, of the hotel is going to be downstairs? It's in oh, the, it's big the big circular... The big circular with the awesome art on the floor. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you can actually enclose it. Yeah, with the and curtains. so. The sound is supposed to be awesome, and so mm-hmm. that's where it will be. And then 
I will just hang out and enjoy the space and have a great conversation. Well, that will be on my calendar. I will definitely awesome. be in attendance. <laughs> um, what else do you guys have coming up that anything exciting for, you know, after the new year? After that event, we have a little break, which Ooh. is pretty which is an appropriate Amazing. time over the holidays. And, and, you know, over the holidays, we tend to kind of regroup and gear up for the next year. And our first big event of every year is always the Sundance Film Festival, yeah, uh, where we host um, an event there in, a, um, be in the Beyond Cinema Media Lounge. So if you um, need media partners again, yeah. I, yeah. I if we need to do a podcast <laughs> yeah. or something. That's right. I know we um, love being, you know, media partners for Americana right. Fest. So um, Sundance. We I didn't yeah. get to go to Americana we Fest. We could sponsor so that. Like. Grounded Sounds might need to be sponsoring. Yeah. Yeah. So for Grounded Sounds to sponsor that, we need some listeners to. You know, we haven't you know, mentioned. Right. You Go ahead and, and, and mention The pledge that. drive. The pledge drive. It's not so much a pledge drive as just we, this month and going through through October, mm -hmm. we really want to focus on getting support from our listeners now that we have a few listeners. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important. If you like what we're doing on the podcast, please just go to the site, uh, mostlyharmless.media. Click on the podcast link and choose us or the sponsor link. But be sure to choose Grounded Sounds as your favorite podcast and just donate whatever you want because it, you know, it, it takes a little bit of money to keep the lights on in here and keep yeah. Steve down here paying the rent and stuff. So yeah. uh, if you do like what you're doing, we really do enjoy doing it. And uh, just take the time going, throw us 20 bucks or something or throw us 100 bucks. I don't care. Yeah. But if you do become a member, you can become a member or you can just donate in general. But if you become a member, um, there's going to be some special features, maybe some interviews that you did over at Americana Fest and other uh, performances in the studio some extra content, and then in November, we are going to throw a membership party right here That's in the studio be sweet. with the Grounded Sounds crew. Uh, Wafty guys will probably show up. The Bubble Girls will be here probably, mm -hmm. and um, it's going to be a great big old party. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it. Me too. And really, yeah, support the podcast. But again, if, you know, gaining sponsors to support things like doing media coverage at different festivals or, you know, bringing Oklahoma to mm -hmm. some of these spots. Because um, we were actually a sponsor. So Cellar Door was sponsored by Kyle Hill Kia to come out to Americana Fest. So, okay. you know, if we were able to get some of these sponsors, we can go yeah, we can cover go the crap out of stuff. I mean. The Sundance Film Festival and maybe go snowboarding. But... Okay. You can same buy time. Abel and you know I to be at your about event. Sundance <laughs> is that you look up at the mountain yeah. and there is nobody really? on the mountain. It would be the perfect time to go snowboarding. Yes. <laughs> you have I, the mountain to yourself. I've got I've got family up there, so there I've, I've uh, been up there a the couple mountain. times, and it's gorgeous. Have you ever been to Utah? No, or I haven't. Nope. Beautiful. But, I mean, we don't need to send us to Utah. It would be awesome. But even just whatever you can do. Or you could. To donate to the show. <laughs> please, it is important. And I know it does it take is. a little bit of time. But if, you, if you're listening to us on MostlyHarmless.media anyway, just take a second, click on the link, click on the Grounded Sounds podcast, throw us 20 bucks, and just to kind of say thanks. And we want to say thanks to you as well. So we are going to throw some special membership-only events, yep. and it'll be fun. We'll throw you a party. Well, Lindsay, tell us how we can find you guys on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. What What do you guys... Awesome. We're on everything. Okay. Um, our website is okfilmmusic.org, mm -hmm. and we're at okfilm underscore music on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on Facebook 
as well. And if you're an Those artist, are... in, I mean, there's a lot of, on your website. You can go sign up as an artist to be in your database. And, yes. And even if you work on films, I mean, it, there's yeah, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and check our call for entries page. We're always mm-hmm. updating that. Um, you know, that's kind of, I think, the one of the best opportunities is just finding out when to apply because... Um, for example, Folk Alliance, I think, ends in a couple of days. If any folk artist who wants to, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just a good way to find out about those things. So, Well, thank you for being yeah, here. Thank, thank you. So you. Yeah, and, uh, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. And um, we have also, we have Jared over here who's been hanging out waiting patiently for his, his debut interview on Grounded Sounds. Welcome, Jared. Welcome, Jared. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastically. Well, Jared, I told uh, Abel I kind of have an unfair advantage on him today because we got a great interview at Americana Fest. And um, so I got to learn a lot about you. Abel did not. So I know nothing. I know. So we get we get. Jared looks nice today. Yeah, you do look nice. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're in yeah nice, sports nice coat. And suit. I bought shoes. It's nice. <laughs> I'd like to think it was for us, but it really wasn't. He had a dinner. Yeah, it was for you. <laughs> I mean, you got to class it up. You got to look good for the podcast. For <laughs> yeah, I you wore do. my tux. Yeah. So you know, Jared's had quite a year. You should be dressed up because you've had a good year. I'm. I have. I'm. I, I have a face for radio. As do I. So I'm on a podcast. <laughs> and so I thought I would dress for the occasion. I like it. You look very nice. Thank well, you. Well, Jared, you were mentioned in Rolling Stone this year. What? Yes. Yeah. He was mentioned as the, what was it, the top 10. It was an accident. Artists to look for, country artists to look for. It's misspelling. <laughs> no, it's it wasn't. It's Jared Beck. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Deck. Do not I confuse know, with Jared, Jared Beck. Jared Deck mm-hmm. with a D. Which we love Jared Beck as well. Yeah, this but J A R E D. Yes. Yes. That's cool. Me. Yep. So, yeah. So you've had, a, I mean, you've had some great press this year. and um, It's been a good year so far. It has. It has. And and we talked about, you know, we, we talked about it a lot at Americana Fest, but we'll fill everybody in. You are from, you're from, um, you're not, you live in Weatherford now. Yes. But you're originally from. Thomas. Thomas, that's right. Big um, town. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're from a small town um, country artist who has, Really, yeah, started to to make your wave in in country music with Oklahoma and beyond, and so and just got back from Americana Fest. You you played quite a bit in Nashville um, this past week. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a we had a really fantastic week. Um, obviously, the uh, the Studio Oklahoma showcase was a highlight, mm-hmm. and uh, big thanks to Oklahoma Film and Music for that. As well as, uh, I think, Woody Guthrie Center and Tulsa Music and Art Office and Film Office and uh, probably someone else I'm leaving out. Nobody? No, no, they're they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we have, you know, tons of support, but they're doing And, of course, Cellar Door. Yeah. For the support. Absolutely. We had fun doing it. It was... It's not work when you like when you like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I attended Americana Fest last year. Mm-hmm. I just sort of went and uh, I set some, you know I set a bunch of goals after that for this coming year, and we've we met the main one, which was the big one, which was to get a showcase this year. Mm-hmm. So cool. And you're on a panel. Yes, was on a panel, and um, yeah, I just I don't know, heck. Did a bunch of interviews. That was fun. Yeah. Well, that's something Lindsay and I were just talking about earlier, right before you got here. Is what you know? We admire a lot of things about you, Jared. You you wear many hats. You uh, 
um, you know, have a history and, and, and maybe even a future in politics, yeah. your dad, your husband, you know, you're a musician, you have uh, worked different, um, in different places as a factory. And I mean, you've worked some tough jobs like in your, your town. And, but, um, we were saying how, cause you said you went to Americana Fest last year and you were really present with, uh, just you know, other Oklahoma artists and events. And I mean, you make a point to go and be there and get to know the climate and the landscape of what's going on. And I, I think that's really cool. That's what she and I were, were mentioning is, is you are in, you are really dedicated to, to Oklahoma, your songwriting and then, you know, the Oklahoma music in general. Yeah. I don't, I don't really consider networking. I don't, I don't consider it networking. Like I just go to things and, and I'm trying to establish relationships with people. You know, I, I want to get to know people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an, uh, what's that called? Uh, extrovert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I like to meet new people, but yeah. you know, I, I think from, you know, the, the thing about it is, is if you, um, if you're, if it's your desire to get your music out there, you have to get yourself out there mm -hmm. and you have to, you have to put yourself in, in a place, you know, I'm, I always say I'm the, most prepared to be lucky person you're going to meet because I'm constantly preparing. So every now and then I get really lucky and it's awesome. It's harder you work, man. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. And we say this all the time, but our podcast is about where local business meets local music and you have both. I mean, sure. you're, you, you are essentially a businessman. I mean, you do really, really well with, um, you know, conducting yourself you're so professional and you know you're friendly and not good. I mean it is it's really but it's nice yeah. like you know again we are talking about it is as you are are you take your music seriously and you take your job seriously and you you know you're very professional I know I mean especially when you and I've worked on projects you're somebody I always think about like I'm like I can rely on him I know he's going to show up I know he's going to do sure. a great job I mean you really do and so that goes a long way well it's important to me to uh I don't know. Not not that I speak for other people, but to be an ambassador for what I do. Yeah. And uh, you know, you always hear about the the musician that I don't know that that's a flake, or you hear about the musician who doesn't make any money and doesn't and and they act like they don't make any money. <laughs> you know. And and for me, it's it's not about the money, but it is about being dependable. Yeah. It's about uh, because because I want other you know I want people in other industries to look at what we do as being equal to what they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's always, uh, I don't think it's always viewed that way. I think, um, oh, well, they're a musician. You hear that with the, with the as you see their eyes roll. Mm -hmm. And, and I, that drives me up, up the wall. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, I think that what we do is more important than that. Um, and, but at the same time, if we don't, I don't know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't treat yourself with respect, if you don't carry yourself with respect, you're not going to, not going to earn it from anyone else. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, we, we got into a lot, we got into a great interview and a great conversation in Nashville, but something I really didn't get to ask you about, you, you had talked about how, you know, you and your wife really made a, a, a dedicated decision that this is what you guys were going to do together. And, but I never asked you, I know you're a dad and I'm, I'm curious to know, um, as a musician and a dad at the same time, cause you know, Carrie and Carrie's here today, Abel's lovely, yes. amazing wife. They're having a little girl at the beginning of the year. Yay. What are some of the things you've taken away from being a music artist that you want to pass on to your kids? Like I, we didn't, we never really talked about your kids and I'm kind of curious to know like how, uh, being an artist has affected fatherhood for you. Um, I'm gone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the number one effect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, as a writer, I feel like my my goal and my object is to you know basically write what I see and give an interpretation of that. And so when I'm looking at my uh, my children, uh, there's I sort of have that same thing going on, and um, it's interesting. I, I think I think our role in society is to be a devil's advocate or to be a a truth teller or to be a, a, a joker, if you will. You know, depending on the scenario, mm-hmm. I, I think that the role of art in society is to show people this is what you really look like even though you don't <laughs> even though you think it's not mm-hmm. um and, and maybe that's funny and maybe that's serious and maybe it's sad mm-hmm. uh, there can be a, a million different uh, scenarios and and i think i think so i think for myself whenever i uh, watch my toddler you know do something really ridiculous and crazy mm-hmm. you know i it, it hits me i think because I, I've written about this before. Mm-hmm. I just didn't realize, but it was about me. And now that I'm seeing it, you know, it's it's a whole different perspective. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you deal with being away quite a bit? I mean, I know you had mentioned your wife. You're like she just she's such a you know she's a, a big part of that of of holding. Yeah, down she is. Um, she is the hero of the family for certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she holds everything together, and. Probably the number one way that we handle it is uh, video calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now I'll, I'll tell you though, I've had mm-hmm. friends who that didn't work for. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some good good friends of mine from Canada, mm-hmm. songwriters, the Young Novelists, mm-hmm. and they are fantastic if you want to check them out. Um, but they, at, when they first started video calling, they, uh, the video call would go really well, and then they would hang up, and their son would say, "Wait, where the wait." where'd they go? And he'd get really upset mm. because the out of, out of sight, it's like, it was fine when he didn't know that they existed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. For kids, the whole yeah. out of sight, out of mind thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Oh, they exist, but they're not here. Why, why did they, mm-hmm. what happened? Yeah. Did they just show up in a phone and then they oh, just, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and, and now that, and now as, as, as kids get older, that changes. But, mm-hmm. um, anyway, that's, that's a really interesting, uh, yeah. interesting thing, but it makes, it does make it fun. I got to watch my two-year-old, uh, you know, jam on his guitar, naked, sweet, <laughs> and uh, murmur the words of one of my songs. Aww. Nice, yeah. Cool. So that's pretty. You know, that's, well, that's while we were sweet. in Nashville. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, and I think you know, um, you know, music artists have to get pretty creative as they're on the road of just how how to stay connected with their family. You know, I I was able to talk to um, a, a woman singer songwriter from Australia, and she's a music artist, and her husband is also a music artist. So mm-hmm. she literally was like, you know, I will get home, and then he'll have to go out on the road, and they just, you know, you just kind of find what works for your family. And yeah, absolutely. And and then you've got to prioritize when it's time to prioritize. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to. So for me, it's like if I've been gone a week, I have to, I have to make sure that when I get home, I'm giving uh, my wife, you know, I'm like carving out a time to provide that attention, you know, so that, so that she feels like everything that we're sacrificing together matters, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like how you, you said, you know, you really, what was it? You guys were out on literally outside, maybe on a blanket and you just decided that this yeah we made the decision it was a conscious decision that uh you know music had always been a part-time plus thing for me Mm -hmm. um you know i 
we put, you know, I'd put plenty of money in it over the years and put plenty of time in it over the years, but had never, uh, and, and at the same time, I guess I, I had never really had a song that really took off or anything before mm-hmm. 17 miles. So, um, as that started to happen, you know, we just knew that this was okay. We we're going to take a serious turn on this and either do it or don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and we decided to do it. It was a, it was a conscious decision mm-hmm. between the two of us. And, and how long ago was that? A year and a half ago. Okay. Paying yeah. off? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, I think, yeah, like, like she said, we're having a fantastic year. Uh, the record released in May. And uh, the critical acclaim has been good. It's been fair. Um, and, and, it's, and, and we've just made some big strides. I mean, we've been in the right place at the right time a few times. Got to play Music City Roots. That was pretty, cool. pretty exciting. And, uh, and obviously Americana Fest and Woody Fest and other, other opportunities. So mm-hmm. it's been great. Yeah, what did you take away from Americana Fest? Because I really, you know, we got to kind of talk midway. But tell me about your overall experience coming back from the festival and from Nashville. Of, of what Was there anything that really left an imprint on you? from the week and weekend? Um, I definitely was impacted by uh, the panel discussion with T-Bone Burnett. Oh, wow. With, um, that guy's killer. By the way, he's really, <laughs> really, really <laughs> tall. <laughs> really yeah. tall. I saw, oh, I forget who it was. He. I don't understand people that are that tall. Wandered out on stage with somebody at a show I was at. Yeah, he's, what is he, like 6'8 or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it, you know, you're yeah. like, did you play for UCLA? Yeah. Like I said, yeah. he walked yeah. out on stage one time at a show I was at. And I remember just being like, I can't believe T-Bone Burnett is here. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's that big of a guy. Well, his, his points on not giving in to the streaming revolution um, mm-hmm. were actually, I, I thought they were uh, very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a, I don't take issue with streaming, but there is the, the issue that he made is that str- streaming is the new radio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a hundred years ago, 80, 90, hundred years ago, when radio stations were popping up, they were playing music and not paying the artists and they were selling it and they sell advertisements based on people listening to the music. Oh. So, and, and really in streaming, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. So when you're listening to some, something online, if it's, uh, or whatever we, we won't even have to name them but yeah. if you're listening to one of the streaming services and then you see an ad, an ad pops up mm-hmm. they're making money off of our music mm-hmm. so uh, the question is is at what what point what do we have a right in that and mm-hmm. and so T-Bone so that that was part of the one part of something I took away and then you know I, I think really what I took away was kind of a sense of of accomplishment over the last year because mm-hmm. it was last year at Americana Fest that I really, you know, I, I went to Americana last uh, September on a mission to figure out what in the world I was going to do with the next year of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and how, how to put out the record and how to do all these things. And, and I went and I, I learned so much. I made some really good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's, all about me, but I mean, I've made a whole lot of, I've made more mistakes than I can count <laughs> or that I will name. But it sounds but, like you're being really smart with it though. Like, well, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is, um, I believe in what I'm doing <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I believe in the, in the music that I'm making. And so I, and I think this music deserves a chance to be heard, 
you know, I didn't, that song that was there for me when I was growing up, I didn't hear it randomly at the, you know, at the Thomas Drug and Variety store yeah. when I was 13. <laughs> yeah. You know, I heard it because somebody recorded it and they promoted it. You know, that's the reason I heard that. Yeah. And, and so in order for my, one of my songs to be that for somebody else, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to follow the same path everybody else did. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm doing it independently. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have, I don't have a label, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to work it on my own. Yeah. Which is what's beautiful about the times now you can do it. I mean, there's sure. a lot of artists doing the same thing and are, you know, quite successful at it. So sure. The biggest thing is learning the steps. Yeah. Uh, learning the steps and being willing to do it, you know, taking the time to do it the way that you, you're talking about, uh, Daniel Welcher mm -hmm. mentioned on the same, the same type thing mm -hmm. about working the business end out of it and taking the time to figure out the right steps and things that sure. a lot of people, you know, don't even like if it was me, I wouldn't even thought to go to Americana Fest to figure out how to get into something like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I went to Istanbul to look at the Spice Bazaar, but that's because I'm a Spice guy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's really, really cool that you've been able to fig figure out the way to get through those hurdles and kind of work the way out of finding a way to do this. And it took me 12 years sure. of knowing nothing and yeah. screwing up over and over and over. Oh to figure all this out. Um, one of the things that, you know, I, I think we talked about this the other day, mm -hmm. but I, I like to talk about, you know, if you work for a corporation, you see, you see a flow chart. Mm -hmm. And so you know that, okay, well, my position is here and I would like to end up up here and there are three or four different routes. I just got to pick one and yeah. make my way that direction. Well, in music, it's like looking at the matrix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, it's like 3d binary code. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so it's very confusing, you know, yeah, there's, there's not, you know, there is no formula. There is no, um, uh, and so, and so you have to, it takes, I don't know, it takes years to figure out where you're at. Yeah. Just for where to start. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a sense of resourcefulness in that. I mean, that's one thing I think about, you know, with my daughter of, if I could pass on, you know, you think about as a parent, what you could pass on to your kids, but is being resourceful. Um, and I think, you know, nowadays, I, I was talking to my cousins and their their kids about 10 and she comes home with her homework and she just Googles all the answers. And she doesn't think that, you know, that's like, well, yeah, mom, that's what we do. You just Google all the answers. And so I think we're in this like time of where, you know, our kids are like just Googling everything, but it is, it's, it, there is that sense of resourcefulness of like networking with other people, talking to other people, having conversations, you know, uh, figuring out that next step. And you have to, you really have to apply your brain to that and, you know, like figure out sure. where to go next. And it's, and it's all about, it, it really is about humility mm -hmm. because you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and admit where you're at, not where you want to be, not where you think you want to, not where you think you are, but where you really are. And once you can do that, then, then it's a whole lot easier to find a direction. Yeah. And you know, you were at, you were asking about, and you, you brought up kids, mm -hmm. you know, one of the reasons that uh, my wife and I made this decision together was because I really felt like. If I didn't do this um, to the degree that I that it needs to be done, that I would, in a way, be letting my kids down, mm -hmm. because if if I don't show them what it takes to succeed, mm -hmm. how will they know? Yeah, yeah, yeah and that I I appreciate you that you said that because that was something you know after I had my daughter, 
uh, that's when I um, really started my project with my sister um, and, and just really delving into being an artist because it was one of those things where I wanted to show her that she could do anything she wanted to do, you know, and, and nobody could tell her she couldn't. I mean, it's like if you are an artist or, you know, whatever you want to do, you could be at a vet or I mean, it, does, it doesn't matter, but yeah. you can do it, you well, know? You, you and, can do it, mm-hmm. but it takes a whole lot of effort. Yeah. And, and that's the thing for me, you know, I, you know, yeah. It's what a lot it, of work. In order to be a musician, mm-hmm. you've got to be figure out how, especially living in Western Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you, it's like the ultimate on, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. where you know you have to figure out well how am I going to bring in money in mm-hmm. a culture that doesn't normally pay people to play music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's right. You know, you, you've got you, it, it. takes a lot of it. You know, it takes a lot of creativity right then and there. Yeah. And as you were saying, I mean, yeah, there's not this flow chart. You kind of look at it and it looks like the matrix, but you know, because it's ever changing and especially with technology, cause you had touched on that with a panel of like, you know, artists are facing different issues with streaming and copyrights and stuff like that, that, you know, back in Johnny Cash's days, yeah. they were not facing. And so it's interesting of what that might look like for our kids. And, you know, well, what's years funny or- is they were facing it, but those major labels were just telling them everything would be okay. Yeah. And they were lying. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me that we're still facing these same issues. Yeah, but part of that, bigger. part of that's the yeah, part of that's the change in technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just again going back to even on an education, you know, it's like we didn't know that we did, we didn't have access to Google answers when we were kids, and so it's like now, same with music. It's like there's, it, it, you know, technology has changed music quite a bit, and keeping up with that, especially as you know, thirty somethings. I know we're about the same sure. age. We're all about the same age here, and it's like. All right. I mean, I was forced to get an email in college. I mean, that's what work. Our generation's kind of on that cusp of, you know, we didn't have all the, you know, uh, we didn't do a lot of online mm. stuff in high school or yeah. you know middle school. Well, and you know, and one of the things I, I definitely want to kind of cap with this because, mm-hmm. you know, I I get a lot of people asking me about the business side of of, of music, and I, t- I I can give you all the pointers in the world. I can tell you what I did. I. And, but at the end of the day, you've got to have the songs, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be dedicated enough, enough to this, to be honest with yourself and where you're at, not just where you're at, where, where it feels like you're at in the scene or, Mm -hmm. or anything, but where you're at as a writer, you know, as a performer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, if you don't think that you have to step up your game, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have a problem. (laughs) You know, because that, that's my goal. My goal is to just be better. You know, yeah. I, the, I want to be, I want the next song to be better than the last one. I want the next show to be better than the last one. Do you co-write or do you write solo most of the time? You know, I've never truly co-written mm-hmm. um, until last week. Really? Yeah, I met. At uh, Americana Fest? Or? Yeah, there, a gal named Bella Hardy. Mm-hmm. She is a, a folk artist out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and she found me on Twitter and I don't know, I guess got into my music and asked me if I wanted to do a co-write when I was in town. I said, yeah, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I, like I say this, I mean, you know, JC and I have kind of written a couple of songs together, but a lot of the time it's me saying, Hey, here's my idea. Help me fix this, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and Wes definitely, Wes Sharon helped me, uh, out with a couple of the songs on the record too. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, but yeah, so that was the first co-write I'd ever really, really done. So what'd you think? It was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sort of a tunesmith. Like 
like I can come up with tunes all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up with lyrics really takes a lot of, you know, sitting down and a lot, a lot of time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually walked into this situation with a complete song written with zero words. Nice. <laughs> and she is a wordsmith. She was an English lit major. And, and uh, anyway, she came in and she was just like spouting stuff off. And anyway, between the two of us, uh, well, the song's basically, I don't know, about 80, 90% done. Oh, so. It sounds like it to get, cool. to came together quite nicely. Yeah, it really did. And we met, I think we met for an hour the first day and then maybe two hours the next day. Mm-hmm. So it came on quickly. Yeah, and co-writing is really common in Nashville. I mean, that was something that, you know, when I had moved out there, uh, you know, we obviously had talked about resources in Oklahoma. I wasn't plugged into a lot of resources in Oklahoma. And so I always wrote by myself when I was a kid, you know, and young. But then when you go out to Nashville, co-writing is really common. And you have a lot of these big songwriters or successful songwriters who will write with new songwriters. And it's just, it's really interesting. It's Well, it's always good to, to get another set of ears on things. Yeah. And, you know, that, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I'm all about my team. Mm-hmm. And I love bringing people, you know, on, on board that uh, that have the same vision that they they understand what 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 I'm trying to get get at and and really you know like so like with Wes Sharon or the the guys that play with me it's all about um, it's all about working towards that mm-hmm. and I I can't as long as everybody else has as long as everyone has the same vision and and they're in it for the music mm-hmm. I mean you'd be surprised how many good ideas someone else comes up with yeah you sure. <laughs> know and, and 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 that's I don't know. That's very important to me. I, you know, I played in bands for a long time and, and I, kind of, you know, I kind of got a reputation in Western Oklahoma for being tough to work for Mm -hmm. because, but, but a lot of times I was just working with people who didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say that it was, it's not really a, it's not a diss on them. It's just, um, I didn't do a good enough job communicating what I was, what the vision was and they didn't understand what I was trying to get at either. Mm -hmm. So uh, so now I feel like I really have people on board that are, uh, that are going in the same direction I am. Yeah. And I think when you get older, it's, you just understand it's a good fit or it's not a good fit and you don't yeah. have to force it. But something that dawned on me at the showcase, um, you have, a th- there's a little bit of a theme of nostalgia in your songs. Um, do you, do you, did you think about that or especially I was listening to this song about um you were talking it I can't remember what it's called uh but it talked about uh, high school love and um kind of that old flame and so any I, anyway that's something that I picked up from some of your writing is this kind of like idea of nostalgia and well I am is that conscious or not <laughs> I don't know yeah that's a good question mm-hmm. I don't know if it's conscious mm-hmm. um but I started out trying to write the story of where I came from mm-hmm. And really, that is my story, in, you know, in essence. So I, I feel like there's a lot of art that gets lost in the flyover territory, and especially in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be a phenomenal artist. In fact, there is a really, really good artist in Hollis, Oklahoma. <laughs> the, uh, John Kellison, he makes all kinds of things, and he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, you know, a person like that, and, and, you know, unless someone else who sees them goes around and tells people about them, you don't know. And there are people, in the, there are artists in that scenario all over the country. And so I feel like those stories deserve to be told. I think that there are things that happened in my hometown of 1,200 people 
that deserve to be told, you know, and, and, and that shouldn't be forgotten. Um, so, you know, that's really, that's really part of my goal. And I guess if that's a little nostalgic, then I'll go with it. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, tell us about, uh, you're going to perform today at the, in, in our studio. So what songs have you brought to us and is it from the new record? And I'm assuming they are, or one or two, how many, what are you playing for us? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) I am probably going to do. I'm going to do a new song. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a new one that I've just written cool. here recently. Um, and then I'm going to do one song off the record. Um, the new song is one. It's kind of it's kind of a heartbreaker, but it's uh it's about the uh, kind of what couples go through when they endure tragedy, hmm. and you know, and and how and understanding how much we lean on each other in those kind of circumstances. Um, and how sometimes, sometimes we help each other out and sometimes we don't, Yeah, you know, so, yeah. uh, and it's called where I fall. And then, uh, the one off the record that I'm going to do is, um, uh, unusually blessed. And that's, it's, I don't know. That's it. I, I get a lot of compliments on that song. Um, I wrote that kind of about <laughs> a lot on my record. You'll, there's like a common theme of failure <laughs> and it's, it's not so much. You know, it's not really overcoming failure because that sounds very noble. It's more like just dealing with it, you know, drudging through it every day. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've screwed up this week. <laughs> <laughs> I was really mad at myself yesterday for a couple of things or two days ago. And, um, but it's just dealing with it, you know. And, and so with this song, Unusually Blessed, it was kind of the idea of, of failing as a father or feeling like you failed as a father, not in, and, and it's not, it wasn't so much about like, well, I've, that I had done anything in particular, but it was definitely this kind of feeling that I had. And I, you know, and I, I told a story around that feeling and, uh, and I, it seems to be a story people relate to. It's about a guy who, um, has to make really difficult decisions to leave behind the things that are most important in order to make a living. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, I think every parent can relate to, First of all, feeling like you're, you know, not like you're inadequate. Yeah. yeah, as a parent, I mean, it's so tough. And then to, yeah, I mean, Lindsay's a mom, and I'm a mom, and then we have Abel and Carrie, who will be parents, and so it's coming up. Yeah. The great thing about being a parent is whenever you finally figure out that everyone else knows as little as you do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can sit here. That, it's another podcast. So we're going to start a parenting podcast. podcast. Yes, yes, we might yeah. have to, yeah. <laughs> Making crap up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A podcast about parenting. <laughs> podcast <laughs> dedicated to parenting. Figuring it out as you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, good. Well, where can people find you? Social media and well, website? I'm sitting right here. Yeah, I know, uh, right? Tower but, Looking very nice, yes. Uh, my website is jareddeckmusic.com. That's J-A-R-E-D, deckmusic.com. You can find me at Jared Deck Music anywhere. I'm on everything, I think. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat now. Sweet. YouTube. Yeah. So that's me. Those are good ones. Do you plan any shows coming up? Um, well. Yeah, so we're airing next week. So um, what, When is this coming out? Um, I'm playing at the basement. Like legitimately next week? Or? Yeah, next Wednesday. Which is the first Wednesday in October. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing at the basement on October 14th. Perfect. Cool. We just had him on. Really excited. Yeah, he's so great. I love that venue. I do too. Still haven't been. We need to go. 
Yeah, October 14th. October 14th, that's the day. There you go. That's right. Anything up, coming up for the holidays? Um, well, I've just got... Um, I've got a couple of runs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mostly in, in Oklahoma and Texas here in the next two months. But then towards the end of November, uh, I'm making another run to the Midwest. So I've got Ann Arbor and Chicago and hopefully Cleveland and uh, another Dayton, Indiana. So. play Milwaukee at all? I haven't been to Wisconsin yet. I've heard it's a cool town for me. I would I love to. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, so. got to go. Where are you playing um, in Chicago? Do you know? Fitzgerald's. Okay. Yeah. I've been to Fitzgerald's. Yeah, since we're a podcast, it's always worth mentioning some of the out-of-state shows. And sure. We have any sure. out-of-state listeners. Playing at Fitzgerald's <laughs> in Chicago, and I'm playing at the Ark in Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. Uh, really excited about that show, too. Um, that's a pretty premier listening room. Cool. But anyway, and then we're building our schedule around that right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and we have some some stuff on you on our social media in our website, so cellardormusicgroup.com. Uh, we talk about you on our blog post about Americana Fest and all that good stuff. And we have um, some extra bonus material on our uh, for that we just did an interview. So we'll be releasing uncensored that. material. I know, nice. right? I have to bleep out Jared like every. We kept word. it pretty. We kept it pretty clean this episode. <laughs> yeah. We did keep it clean. There was no curse words from either. I could Abel do or it I. if you. If <laughs> we need to to earn our little e after the well, podcast. You know, I had a, a glass of wine earlier that was called the F bomb. Yeah, and it's my new favorite wine. So, you you know. um, well, Jared, we can't wait to hear your songs, and we'll get you set up. And thank you so much for being yeah, on. Yeah, thanks today. for coming. It's good to be thank here. Thank you. And Lindsay, thank you also for joining us. Oh, thank was, you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. All right, coming up next, Jared Deck. This is where I fall. Nothing can shake her when she drinks And nothing can change the way she thinks She wants to believe that God can bless But she hates that she's a mess and Nothing can shake away regret He used to believe the love was real Used to believe the guns could hear. He wants to accept that God forgives, but he knows the blood ain't his. Used to believe in prayer and him. But you can't see it coming when you got nothing left to lose. This picture in my pocket It reminds me of the truth you're my peace in the valley You're my calm in the storm Like a Wants to believe the words he writes. She wants to relieve the fears he finds. 
But you can't drink away the past Leave your demons in the glass She wants to believe the love can last But you can't see it coming When you got nothing left to lose But this picture in my pocket This is unusually blessed. In the hills of Oklahoma, I was born a rugged soul. By the hand of my father, I was raised a rolling stone. From the day I lost my mother, Till they put me in the ground Well, I'm just a man who never stuck around You were born in late November Your ma and me were proud Well, I held you till September When the oil field left town Till they bury me in dirt well, I'm just a man who's sorry for her Cause I was born to be a fighter I was born to rock and roll And I was born to take my chances Down the long and winding road If I was born for you to love me That's my greatest success I'm just a man unusually blessed Well, today I got your letter And a tear rolled down my face As I read about your new job 
and the child along the way to a father and a mother heaven gives its best reward I'm just a man who's knocking at the door cause I was born to be a fighter I was born to rock and roll and I was born to take my chances down the long and winding road if I was born for you to love me that's my greatest success I'm just a man who usually bless Time can heal Time can fade away And I got scars To remind me of those days So I thank God I was born to rock and roll And I was born to take my chances Down the long and winding road If I was born for you to love me That's my greatest success I'm just a man unusually blessed If I was born for you to love me That's my greatest success I'm just a man unusually bad